Hello, I'm King Navasa, and this is Celebrating Caymanians Overseas, Out of Sight, Not Out of Mind, a podcast brought to you by the Cayman Connection. This time we speak with Javani Ebanks, a filmmaking graduate from the University of Bradford, now returning to complete his master's in filmmaking. Here we are again, round three, with another Caymanian overseas, my fantabulous friend, the magnificent... Javani Ebanks, affectionately known as Jevy. In fact, I think everyone just calls him Jevy. <laughs> yes, Jevy. Hi, how are you? <laughs> now, Jevy, you are quite well known in Cayman. I will say that. Quite well known. And that's because of your, what is it? Okay, add to the list. Add what, fill in the gaps, if I leave any gaps. So, you've done radio both as a host and as a, a anchor to a talk show and you've done television as a news reporter and as a cameraman for the news you've done stage plays so that includes rundown and a few others i cannot remember the name um time longer than no i wasn't running them downside up downside up right you've also done well people know you especially for the, the poetic piece uh <laughs> Dan the Pan by Dan, Dan the Pan by my wonderful friend Nasaria Suku Shalet. That's right. And you also had that little um I'm gonna call it a stint because you didn't continue, even though we wish you did, with Jesum, where you were doing uh hitching with Jevy. <laughs> I, I love hitching with Jevy and I still I still want to do more of it. It it just takes so long, you know, and so many people to do I would love, I would love if you did another one, another season, because I still wanted a part two to my episode. I think, um, I think I deserve some justice because you did me bad. You did me real bad. <laughs> the part two I want hit with a vengeance. I just asked questions, bro. I didn't, I didn't tell you what to answer. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into it. Jevy or Giovanni. Who you for? Who your people is? My dad is Burton Ebanks. Most people know him from West Bay. He drives a taxi for many, many years. My mom is Donna Ebanks, originally from Jamaica, but grew up majority of her life in Windsor Park in Cayman. So just following off the back of that, then can you say she grew up in Windsor Park, basically? So I don't know what they call himself in Windsor Park, uh, Windsor Parkians or something. But how <laughs> how would you define a Caymanian? A Caymanian is somebody who, to me, is born and raised in Cayman or has the right to be Caymanian. And they love Cayman and they want to see Cayman develop and they want to see Caymanians prosper within their society and they want to see good things happen within the community that positively affects the people. Ah, well said. Well said. So, what do you like most about growing up in your district, which I believe is Bowden Town, down in Northward? Mm-hmm. Growing up in Northward was was great. I spent time with my family who, who were from West Bay as much as I could. But growing up in Northward to me, it was a blessing in disguise because it was like far enough away 
that not like other families, you know, where you constantly have people coming in and out of the household. Right. Because, you know, especially families in West Bay, very common to have multi-generational people living in the same household or at least on the same property. Walking distance apart, you mean, from time you're in yeah. West Bay. If your family yeah. in West Bay, you oh, yeah. get to believe they walk and can find you. And your seasoning is my seasoning. That's right. Your food is my food. That's right. When I out of rice, I come into you. <laughs> if you not out of rice, we not out of rice. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Except so, for them spiteful ones that like to hide it. But you try to hide that before your aunt come get it. I know how they be. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was it was a good childhood. I rode a lot of bicycle, teeth a lot of mangoes. Mm. Uh, all, all the stuff that you would expect to growing up in in Cayman. Very good. Tell us about what you're studying and why you chose to come to England. I'm studying film and television production. And I chose the UK because it was the cheapest option. And I wanted to pursue something that I would enjoy. And I simply could not afford it. Schools that I were looking at in the United States were 80,000 US dollars mm-hmm. a year. 80,000. Mm-hmm. Versus how, how much are you paying now? If you don't care to disclose that. US dollars, I think it, it, it works out to be 11,200. Mm. Something around there. I could be. It's somewhere around eleven thousand. Mm-hmm. It's nine thousand two hundred and fifty UK pounds. Oh, then it's over eleven thousand. It's close to like thirteen. <laughs> but oh, yeah. you, you you know the conversion better. I could swear that it was eleven or twelve. So it, I ultimately it was it, it was a cheaper. It was a smarter financial choice for you. It was, no, no, not a smarter financial choice. Let's clarify, it was the only financial choice. (laughs) How many years is your course? So how long will you be in the UK then? I just completed my course. My course was three years for a bachelor's in film and television production, but I intend to go back next year for an additional year, which, which would comprise my master's. Brilliant. So do you have any tips for uh, prospective students that are thinking about coming to the UK to study? I think they should consider it. It is the better option. Especially Um, financially, like you made clear. There's a big difference in price. There is a huge difference in price, but also the the, the advantage the United Kingdom has, and and this is not just specific to England, the entire United Kingdom, Mm -hmm. is that there is set policies in place that extend across the board. And so pricing, for example, you know, all public universities cost £9,250. The (laughs) private ones are a little bit more, but they're still regulated at a particular cost. For example, when I wanted to go to a public university in London, it was £9,250, just as the current university that I'm at. Um, private universities, I think, are also capped at $16,000 as opposed to nine. So that the advantage that the amount is capped to me is is the biggest decision maker that a student is gonna have to make because chances are you're on a scholarship, a fixed based scholarship, meaning you're only getting X amount. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a jurisdiction such as the United States, where the price of that tuition could fluctuate, mm-hmm. 
and you don't have any control over that, then a company, whether it's the government or private sector investing into you, has to consider is 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 your tuition going to raise during your time of study? And so, yes, from a financial perspective, it's good to have these prices set, in my opinion. Um, but also, the UK is the university that are accredited around the world, and. I I heard somebody say this. I cannot verify if it's true, but I laughed when I heard it. If you take an American degree to the United Kingdom, they may or may not accept it. That's true. But if you take a United Kingdom degree to America, they'll guarantee you they'll accept it. I don't know. So you're right. Don't know. I don't know. Okay, Javi. So when you were packing your bags to get ready to move over to the UK, what are some items that you just absolutely had to bring with you? Like must have items. Seasoning salt. <laughs> you want to specify which seasoning salt? Nature's seasoning salt, Mrs. Dash seasoning salt, mm-hmm. um, the green and the yellow one. <laughs> what do you remember the difference? I bet you don't remember the difference. You just know yes. one green and one what yellow. Is- the yellow one, <clears throat> the yellow one is a generic herb spice that you can use for a lot of things. Mm. The green bottle one is garlic and herb mix specifically, which is very nice as well. There's also a nice scallion mix um, from the Jamaican company. I can't remember what it called. JCS, I believe. Yes. Yeah. A garlic and a scallion um, mix. It's kind of like a brownish fine dust powder. Mm. Those. All those were essential to me. Alcohol was also essential to me because thankfully, friends told me ahead of time that, you know, the alcohol is a little bit different in the UK. <laughs> Stop it. I can say that the bear, I don't know. I think the bear is stronger here, but when it comes to the hard liquor, when it comes to the hard stuff, <laughs> I think it's, um they're heavily regulated, so you don't get it that as strong as you might be used to. And Not only that. I had to start just bringing my own because I noticed that in the United Kingdom, they take very seriously the portions that they serve. And <laughs> being from the Caribbean, I was offended for the first three months in the UK. Anytime they would measure the alcohol and give it to me, I was like, what am I, a child? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, very strict um, with that. They, they, they have it all leveled out. It's like, oh, you want one? Or you want a single or a double? And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, and the double is still kind of small. You ever noticed that? Yeah, I'm just like, uh, hmm. Well, uh, could you just pour it? Thanks. But anyway. (laughs) Pour till the spirit tells you to stop. Pour until it feels good. That's what I say. Because you know me. I love anything over 7%. Amen. So for the non-drinkers, is there any particular uh, tip for that? Um, for the drinkers, it's make sure you bring, <laughs> if you can, oh. buy something in a duty-free that you used to, 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 to sip on. Yeah, for the drinkers, carry your white rum with you. <laughs> white rum is another form of currency. You know? Oh my goodness, you said currency. Especially when you meet other Caribbean people. Oh, you can get a lot of favors done in exchange for a shot. You know, uh, I think that's true. That's true, because I think I might be one of those people. King, I need something done. Uh Uh-huh. Talk to me. 
I got this bottle of Ray nephew. Oh, I listen. I really listen to no. Really listen. <laughs> so that would be my suggestion. And then you know, the white rum is a staple. You just have to have your white rum. You can use it for your medicine. You can use it for your your, your, your drinking pleasures. You gotta have your white rum. But then you can bring whatever else you whatever else spirit you prefer. Now, for those who don't drink, I just would like to say you don't have to live like this. We're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! What about um? Well, we've talked about seasonings. We talked about drinks, and is there anything else from Cayman, like something from home that you say oh. you, you just have to have with you when you're here? Absolutely, I bring parties with me every trip that I come. I don't know how you get them to travel because mm-mm. because. You go to the store and you order them frozen, but there are two types of frozens. Mm. You have the frozen that cooks in 15 minutes and the frozen that cook in 45 minutes. So you go and you ask them for the ones that's for 15 minutes. And you freeze them bad boys. Mm-hmm. Then you put those frozen stuff on the day of your travel inside a temperature controlling bag. You know, like you go to carry to the supermarket that you put your meats in and you got a oh, little fo- okay. them bags with a little foil inside mm-hmm. exactly so you put it in those and you close the bag and you wrap that bag in plastic so the point is you're trying to keep all the cool air in then you put it in your bag now you have to remember the bag is going to be inside a plane 36,000 feet into the sky the temperature at 36,000 feet in the sky is much colder than here on ground so it's going to be fine as long as it's in the sky the temperature up there very cool that's why you always call on an airplane okay it's all about this is smuggling 101 right here live with giovanni (laughs) yes oh my goodness if there is a time when you should smuggle it's for your belly (laughs) <laughs> I am Jeffy with the belly and I approve this message he said it not me you heard it there okay so coming from a small island so that islandness uh vibe or, or a sense and then having to uh jump on a flight and um suddenly be introduced to this landlocked city so you didn't have to put on your city boy hat was that hard for you to adjust to yes I did not like it at all. No, tell us some more then. Like, what what aspects of island life did you find you had to um, completely abandon while being here in, in the cities? Coming from an island, you get used to the fact that everyone knows you, or at least you are one to two, maybe three, if so far, degrees away from knowing somebody in a position mm. of power. Mm. I, and wait, that, wait, wait, sorry, in particular, in a position of power, you said? Yes. Okay. And so that, when you grow up in that environment, where that's not just a member of parliament, that Uncle Alden, when you grow up in that environment, there's a certain level of familiarity mm-hmm. between people and how people communicate and how people express themselves and that was the biggest adjustment for me you know you hear caribbean people say all the time the uk people them rude them don't have no manners (laughs) and and yes that's what it appears like to us but when you begin to live in the uk and and for example i live in a building where at its max capacity could have 
some 350 residents in that one building, mm -hmm. you realize it's not possible to know everybody. It's not possible to have a relationship with everybody. And so it, 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 the minute that you take your Caribbean-ness and you say, I'm still going to be Caribbean here, it may work. And for me, it did work in the building that I was in, that I became friends with the, the, the building manager and stuff. But, you know, you also going to remember an, an experience that it may not always go like that. And it may be that, that people just simply don't want to talk because they don't know who you are. Fair. That's fair. And, and you just had to have to learn how to how to get used to it, not to accept it. I don't think it's right. You know, I was <laughs> raised like you say, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and hello. You know, but not because somebody doesn't do it also means that it's wrong. So it's it it's about it's about shifting lenses. Wearing mm -hmm. the appropriate lens. If you're going outside, you're gonna put on sunglasses. Mm -hmm. If you're going inside, you're gonna take off the sunglasses. And so that's how I look at it. When I'm going to the UK, I'm putting on sunglasses, you know. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to take them sunglasses back off again. Fair. That's an interesting analogy because you'd be taking off your sunglasses usually here. Because normally we don't have that much sun going on. <laughs> but, but I get it. I, I get it. <laughs> Very good. So, Giovanni, what helped you stay connected to Cayman or that feeling of home while you were here studying in the UK? When Before I left, people um, gifted me different things of Cayman. So, for example, I had a, a, a Caymanite desk um, statue, very small, that had the coat of arms on it, like a paperweight almost. And then I also subsequently brought books, um, like the Roy Borden books. Uh, okay. So those, those helped me to stay connected as well. But I'm slightly different than, than most in that I thoroughly enjoy watching Parliament. And so when Parliament was on back home, I would watch Parliament as well. And, and, and as you can imagine, Parliament deals with you know, everyday things. And so I know. You watch Parliament like we watch movies. Be like, Jeffrey, what are you doing? I watching the parliament, and then when came on, I keep in parliament, you know what, she, what he watching? UK said, parliament. Yes. I said, Jeffrey, but what are you watching? Hold on. Um, Minister of Defense talking, no. I said, Minister of Defense, yes. UK parliament on. I'd be like, wow. Okay. And I sitting yep. down over here watching Charmed or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> What about, I mean, um, what about... Well, I should know I, that Cayman Parliament is going on right now, and it has been going on for, the, for since since 10 a.m., but I, I, I decided to put it aside for these interviews. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing your time with <laughs> I, us. I, I currently have three and a half hours worth of Parliament to catch up on. Oh, my goodness. And I know you, you will watch it as well. Um, so thank you for sparing this time to talk with us at Cayman Connection, which actually you're a part of. Yes. So tell us about how you got involved with Cayman Connection. You can be honest. <laughs> I knew about Cayman Connections through you and Kate. Yeah, I roped you in. That's why I said you can be honest. 
I remember going to, to meet Kate at the South Sound Community Center mm-hmm. and registering to for Cayman UK Connection. And then, you know, through attending the government events, I met Kate and... You, know, you met Kate about six different times. <laughs> the way you said it, it's like it was inevitable. I'm going to jump into this network. <laughs> yes, we had to make sure we had you Kate on board. Obia me into it. I did not use Obia on him. I said Kate Obia. <laughs> oh, even what Kate did not do such a thing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I rebuke it. <laughs> those things on Kate. Uh, we do love Kate. I, I, I must say you bring life uh, when you join in on our, our Wednesday meetings. In fact, I get told a lot, it's like, um, King, if you come in, bring Jevy. <laughs> Not even King, if you come in. King, when you come in, bring when? Jevy. King, when you come in, bring Jevy. And I would literally just pick up the phone and be, Jevy. Time. Almost, it, yep, time. It's time. Let's go. <laughs> hey, so I've gotten so used to it that I've been in isolation. And every now and then, I would check. Like, oh, is it five o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to just say that because of our interactions on those calls, people find that to be a nice, uh, I guess, relieving factor. And, and uh, it gives them a sense of home, actually. So, um, and I thank you for that because it's, it's not, you know, it's not just one of us. It's our interaction. <laughs> can't turn it off yeah. anyhow can't turn that laugh off i'm sorry you can... <laughs> can't do it. no i'll sell it one day though but <clears throat> all right in closing jeffy i want you to fill in the blank life is what you make it there we go life is what you make it thank you so much giovanni for sharing your time with us and we look forward to hearing more of your story Thank you. <laughs> yeah, boy, we keeping them on their toes. Out of sight, but not out of mind. Yeah, bobo. <laughs>